So you're saying, Yo, sir, dude, I just got paid and I want to get laid. Might your humble narrator suggest a live Smodco show? See Smod.com list all the upcoming performances with links to tickets. As for getting laid, that's all on you, amigo. We just make you laugh till you shit your pants. The Smonsters of Talk could be coming to your town. Go to csmod.com and find out. Smodco's been blasting its own brand of fuck yeah for years in all forms of media. If you're saying, Hold up, sir dude. What about video games? We got that market covered too. Visit smarcade.com to learn about two, count them, two games for your iOS and Android device. Jay and Silent Bob grace your mobile with Too Fat to Fly and Let Us Dance. Get your game on, Smod Goblins. Check out smarcade.com. Smodco Internet Radio broadcasts the free funny, but you can broadcast your Smodco love with merchandise. Shirts, posters, comics, memorabilia, and more. JayandSilentBob.com is your hub for comic book men, secret stash, and Kevin Smith's cinematic catalog. It's an online one-stop shop that fulfills your need, minus the weed. JayandSilentBob.com. Book market, baby. Every story, or every saga, rather, has a middle age, and this is what happens when Jay and Silent Bob get old. I'm Kevin Smith. Jason Muse. Uh, let's talk, before we get into the, the tales of woe and whatnot, let's talk about what you've been doing all week. What, uh, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Uh, things are good. I've just been, uh, I've been, I've been coming here mainly and did some stuff to the seats, and then we're going to build something up there, and... Over there and over there and over here. Yeah, there's like a, there's a, in the back, uh, over the offices, there's a, you know, kind of well, maybe, a, I don't know if you'd call it an attic, but there's um, some space where you can store boxes and whatnot. It's maybe about four feet from the ceiling of the offices to the ceiling of the building. It's uh, 45 inches. He knows. <laughs> he knows because I, he was just like, what's going to go up there? And I was like, we're just storing the water up there, the stuff that's not in the fridge yet. And he goes, can I make that my office? And he laid out and designed a fucking office that kind of looked like um, the office in um, being John Malkovich. Like just everything. The <laughs> ceiling is fucking way, way low. But I, it's it's cool that you're into the projects and whatnot. Like you just kind of come here. Let me do pole. this. I'm what is a fireman's pole too, or yeah. a zip line? We're thinking here. You've been yeah. he's been talking about fireman's pole or zip line for like yeah. for twenty years. Yes. How awesome <laughs> would that be if we fucking zipped in on the music? It's like bon. It's sit perfect to where I zip line in and my fucking my legs are open and my nuts go right in your fucking eye sockets. <laughs> Roman face mask. <laughs> do, we even have to, do we even have to do a show after that? That that seems <laughs> like the show, yeah. man. That seems like it's close. It. Totally. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, we don't, we're not going to start that way, unfortunately. No. Um, but we will we'll segue into uh, into the storytelling uh, this way. Um, back in 1998, we were making a picture called Dogma. 
Uh, and mm. during it, uh, we were shooting a sequence at the movies fast food restaurant in the, in, in the flick. It was an old Burger King that had closed down. They were about to knock it down. And we couldn't go into it, but we refurbished the outside and we were shooting outside. And Linda Fiorentino's in the scene. Chris Rock's in the scene. You're in the scene. I'm in the scene. Um, but I'm directing the scene as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know where the story's going. He's getting excited. He's like, I can't wait for this. <laughs> I like this story. I really like this one. I really like Chris Rock is, uh, we're on Chris Rock doing Chris Rock's coverage. We've already done the four shot, which included me as Silent Bob. But I was then going to direct, and since we were into coverage, I wasn't in the scene anymore. We just put a placeholder there. I believe it was Ralph who sat in for me. He was my standard on that movie. So he'd just be off camera just to have an eye line for people to look at. My character doesn't really speak, so it's not like he's a crucial part of the of the conversation of any given conversation that we're shooting. So I'm sitting behind the monitor watching it. We're on Chris Rock's coverage. And, you know, Chris Rock's, it's a single. I can't see Muse, can't see Linda, can't see Ralph. And um, all of a sudden, Chris Rock's in the middle of his take and just out of nowhere starts cracking up, just starts laughing. <laughs> he was just like, his name was Brian Jack. <laughs> he starts cracking up on the monitor and he won't stop laughing. So I was like, let's cut it. I'll go find out what happened. Shit. And Rock is cracking up. And I was like, what's, what's so funny? He's like, look at Muse, man. And I looked over at you and you were dead asleep. And you had dialogue in the scene, man, and you were just, <laughs> just literally sitting there, just out fucking cold and whatnot. I'm like, and I poke you, I'm like, dude, get up and shit. You're like, huh? Right, cut. And I was like, you don't say cut. I, I say cut. I was like, what the fuck's going on? You're like, oh, nothing, man. I'm fine. Let's just close my eyes. I was like, you can't close your eyes, man. This new dude needs you to be there for him, man. He needs you to be there as a fucking performer. And Rock's going, it's not like I'm Rickman, dude. I was like, shut up. I'm trying to teach him a lesson. you got to be awake, dude. You can't just sit here and fall asleep. These actors are counting on you to give them the off-camera and shit like that. What the fuck's going on? You're like, I can't help it. They just keep saying the same shit over and over. <laughs> And we all loved it. It was such a cute loon line. We were like, ah, oh, that's hysterical. And we put it on the back of the shirt at the end of the show. It was a picture of Ben and the dogma wings and whatnot. And on the back, it just said dogma. They just keep saying the same shit over and over. <laughs> Jason Muse. And um, at that point, it was just like, wow, Muse, has, Muse is narcoleptic. He just falls asleep. Only Muse could fall asleep in the middle of a fucking take and get away with it and shit. And it wasn't until years later that we figured out that you were nodding out from heroin use. At that point, you were supposed to be clean throughout the production. Yeah. So it never occurred to me that like, oh, he's just nodding out like he used to. I was just like, well, he must be really sleepy because he's up all night having sex. That really wasn't the case um, whatsoever. Um, we finish uh, Dogma. And during the flick, I had uh, met uh, a girl and uh, fallen in love, and she'd become my wife later on. Um, she came out to visit me several times uh, on that set. When we had left to Pittsburgh to go shoot, you and I were still living at the apartment uh, in Red Bank. When we came back from Dogma, you had a, a nice little chunk of change um, from working on the flick. And you decided that you wanted to go stay with your mom instead, which is cool by me because I'm like, I got this new chick coming in and let me, I'll need the room and whatnot. I don't need other people living with me right now. Plus I was going heavily into the editing mode and whatnot. So you're like, I'm going to go live in Kingsburg with Stephanie and you move back in with your mom. But while you were out there, you were like, um, you know, man, I gotta, I, I want to get a nice set of wheels. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, totally. Why don't you? You got paid on the movie. And you were like, I spent a lot of it already. I was like, on what? You were like, bunk beds. <laughs> Those things were awesome. <laughs> I had a mirror on the top and on the side. 
Stephanie, come move in with my moms for me. I'm going to buy bunk beds. You know? <laughs> she was like, where are you going to fuck me? He's like, on the bottom. And then I go up and sleep up top. You know? <laughs> what they call the Kenny Rogers Why special. Why would she fuck me if you think that? She had to move in with me and my mother. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and my sure. sister was the... there too. And me in bunk beds. <laughs> what the fuck was wrong with her? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, how did I ever get laid? You must have some sort of magical dick, man, that just, it uh, come don't come out, it's just the magic de-aging potion, you know, that it, every woman wants to fucking guzzle and shit, like, oh, he's bad, but I'll drink his cum because it'll make me eternally young or something like that. That's the only way I could figure it out, because you're right, man, you were like, come live with me and my mom in bunk beds, and then at one point, instead, I mean, this was fucking weird, at one point, I guess you had another, two bathrooms in the place, at one point, like you guys just dump cat litter in one of the tubs and that's where the cat would go and shit. Because <laughs> Stephanie it was very came over. Nasty. Yeah, it was strange. Stephanie came over. She's like, can I take a shower? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Why don't you take a shower there? She's like, this is uh, the cat litter boxes in the shower. <laughs> and I said, just fucking pick it up, you lazy ass. She's like, no, the cat litter box <laughs> is the shower. <laughs> so I was like, fair enough and shit. So you were living over there. Um, I asked you what you had for, what, where, where are your dog McCash had gone? You said you bought bunk beds, shit like that. And also, you were a toy guy. You were big, not just toys, toys, but literally toys. But you were just like, you get that money. You weren't like, I'm going to buy a house. You were like, I'm going to buy a bunch of shit that I'll play with once and leave it to the side. You know, very much like a nine-year-old at Christmas. So a lot of your cash was gone, and you were like, I don't want to buy a used car. I think it's time for me to have a brand new car. And I was like, you know what? You did such a good fucking job in the movie. You're crushing it because I'm sitting there editing the movie every day. And I'm like, you're crushed in this flick, dude. I'm going to get you a car. I'm going to lease you a car. And you're like, get out of here. I said, lease you a brand new car. I'll pay for the lease. You just have to pay for the insurance. And he was like, okay. And we went and picked it out. First, he wanted to get like, give me an Escalade. I was like, no, no, no. I'm paying for that. <laughs> I said, you get yourself a truck, but it's got to be a sensible truck. And then Mosier had had a Ford Explorer. Hmm. So I was like, why don't you get something like that? And you got the kind of lower end Ford Explorer that wasn't as big as Mosier's, but like, you know, still brand new and whatnot, cherry red gorgeous car and whatnot and i i gave that i was like here you go take you're like thanks man and and that was it the last i saw of you for months because i went into the editing room i was just cutting the flick while we we're still at the office in red bank and then when i wasn't cutting the flick i was like in this brand new relationship and shit and i was catching shit from home at home from a chick who was like i just moved out to new jersey from los angeles to be with you and you're never here you're cutting a movie and i was like i know i'm just i'm in post and shit so at least i didn't have to also deal with you and your addictions at the same time and whatnot, you were off in your own place with the car doing well. Then you got into a car accident, a little fender bender, and you, you got in touch with me and you were just like, uh, I had a, ran into a problem with the car. I was like, well, it's a good thing you got insurance. You're like, uh, that's part of the problem. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fucker, you didn't get insurance, man. And you're like, no, it gets worse. I was like, what? You're like, I hit a cop. <laughs> Luckily, he was a cop that used to come to Quick Stop all the yeah. time. Very cool dude and whatnot. He was off duty at the time. Yeah. So he's like, look, just pay for the damage. We'll call it quits. I ain't going to write it up or anything like that. Nice guy. Um, so anyway, I, it's the first time I see the car in a while. And it's been, you boom, crashed it. You yeah. hit. Airbag did not deploy. But um, you, you hit the car. There's definitely some damage and shit. And I was like, you got so lucky this dude's not going to fucking sue you, dude. And I'm looking at the speedometer. And the speedometer... For a car that I gave you two months prior had 30,000 miles on it. And I know you did not leave the country. So I was going, what the fuck is this, man? And you were like, what? And I was like, there's 30,000 miles on the car. 
And you're like, yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, you know, just driving around. This is, you drive around a lot around here. Red Bank's pretty big. And I was just like, oh, Muse, what the fuck is going on? And that's when you were just like, um, I've been messing up since I've been living at my mom's and shit like that. I was like, what do you mean? You're like, um, I, you know, I've fooling around with the bad stuff. And I was like, oh, fucker, man, no. And you were like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, dude, I gotta get you out of there because it was always being at your mom's house was a bad influence. Um, it, it's tough to say because everybody fucking loves their mother, but your mom was the worst fucking influence for you on the planet. She was nice lady, nice enough and whatnot and loved you like, like everybody loves their son, but like didn't think twice about splitting drugs with you and kind of yeah. happy to keep you down to kind of keep you there with her where she could have access to, quick cash or help or something like that. So at that point, I'm like, we got to get you out of the fucking house, dude. You can't stay with your mother and your sister anymore. You got to come back to where I'm living. And at this point, I'm living in a house in Oceanport, New Jersey. Um, I've been with Jen for a few months and she got pregnant and looked like we were going to stay together. And so rather than living in the apartment in Red Bank, I was like, let's get a house. And she found a house with an indoor pool. I was like, great. It was Oceanport, New Jersey, moved into that house. So I was like, Muse, you're going to have to move back in with us. Brian had lived with us for a while. Brian and his girlfriend, Jill, for a long time. They moved out. We brought you in. Emergency. Like, we got to get them into the house. We have to go through this whole fucking clean them up shit again and whatnot. You and Stephanie move in. That's when you start leaking lemon heads all over my furniture. Lemon heads. And you guys are living in the back bedroom and living on like a, just a diet, like of uh, yodels and fucking like hostess (laughs) treats and the big gallon of bug juice, like the yeah. juice that you would get at camp. They call it the bug juice when we were kids. Just basically, if you go into a food store and they're like, a gallon of colored liquid for 29 cents. <laughs> that was what Muse would get. Muse would be like, let's go down to 7-Eleven. Go and get like three gallons of different multicolored drinks that basically their flavor was just sugar. Lemon heads. Yeah, yeah. Fruit punch. All mm-hmm. sugar. And they would just sit there, watch movies and and pour sugar, sleep and whatnot. And they were literally in lockdown. Like, you know, I'd go back there, like the end of the hallway, they could either go out a window, which I knew they wouldn't, or come down the hallway where I knew they were leaving the house. And Stephanie was only allowed to leave, you know, when she went to work. She had a job in Redback and stuff. So there we began the process of, of, of cleaning you up again. Um, it, it got no better. Uh, it got worse before it got better. And Stephanie, started looking really bad. Like, Stephanie was a pretty slight chick to begin with, and the fact that she was using so much fucking dope, I mean, as we've said, I guess she used dope before you met, but mm. using that much dope had an effect on her. She got real fucking thin and yeah. gone. Me and Jen were starting to get scared. We're like, this fucking girl's going to die. <clears throat> like, there's no way this girl can't fucking overdose. She's so tiny. Like, She'd be like can... 80 pounds or no. Oh, she's pounds, so, actually. she was way for fucking thin. So Jen was like, what should we do? And I was like, I, I don't know. If it was my kid, I would want to know. And she's like, you want to call her parents, man? You're a fucking narc. And I was like, I look, man, I'm saying narcing if somebody's going to fucking pass. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's looking bad. She's like, all right. So I called up Stephanie's parents, who I'd never really spoken like, to. I'll save a life. I didn't, no, it wasn't even about that. I, I was know, just I like, I don't want to be responsible for a dead <laughs> life. You know, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't altruistic. Like, I'll <laughs> save her because this was a chick who screwed right. me over. I'm like, you watch me. She's like, I will. Here's the money. Let's do drugs. You know, so yeah. it wasn't like, you know, I cared about her like a human being, but I wasn't sitting there going like, oh man, I can nobly save I was just like, somebody's got to save her. She can't fucking die here. And maybe her parents yeah. will be able to reach her and shit like that. Call their parents, which was a horrible call. to drop the fucking bomb on them where I'm like, okay, so your daughter moved out a few months ago. She's living in New Jersey and this is what's been happening. And they were like, uh, uh, 
were coming. They're from, they were like farm people, man. Yeah, like from I like, remember, I never asked you what, what that phone call was like. It was they, they weird. were in Ohio. They were in Ohio. They yeah. were, they, I mean, they were farmers. They were literally yeah. like, like Western Ohio and just so far from, and we, it's not even like we're on the edge of Hollywood. We were living in fucking Red Bank at the time, but where we were from and what you guys were up to was so fucking foreign to them. Um, so as I'm talking to them, you could just hear their hearts breaking on the other end of the phone. It was so bad, but they were appreciative. They're like, thank you for calling us. And what should we do? And I was like, I, I think you just got to come and get her. It's that simple. And what we'll do is we'll arrange for Muse to be out of the house. And then you guys could come and just, I'm not going to tell you're coming. And it was kind of that. We just kind of snuck them in and stuff. And boom, you, you, I think went out with Johnson. I think I had Johnson take you somewhere. And then while you were gone, called Stephanie's parents who were like nearby and I said, you can come, there's the address. They pulled up and shit, came into the house, brought him to the back room and there was Stephanie and I just kind of left her alone with her parents and went downstairs. And after about 20 minutes, they came down, her bags were packed and she was just like, thanks, we're going to go back to Ohio. And I was like, okay, man, good, good seeing you again. Take care, you know, check in, blah, blah, blah. That was it. They were gone. And then you came home. It was so fucking sad, dude. It was so sad. You came home like 20 minutes, an hour later and you were just like, where's Stephanie? And I was like, um, she's gone. And you were like, what do you mean? Where'd she go? And I was like, she, uh, sit down. And I told you the story. And rather than I, I was ready for the fucking like, fuck yeah. And then you try to stab me and get into a fight. But you were so, there was a piece of you that was kind of relieved where you were just like, I understand. And then you just went back to your room and that was that. And I don't know what you did in the room and shit. Maybe cried or fucking beat off. But you did. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh shit, he sent the pussy away. The <laughs> flashlight hasn't been invented yet. Um, but she was gone and suddenly it was just down to me, you and Jen living mm. in the house. And with Stephanie gone, at that point, I, there was kind of like no sense of like, I'm going to clean up. I mean, there was always this kind of like, I'm going to clean up and do this and put my life together and blah, blah, blah. Stephanie gone. It was just, then I had to watch you twice as fucking hard because you were looking for the way out. And there was a day where you, uh, I was at the house. I couldn't fucking hang out at the house any longer. I, I, that's what I did every day was pretty much hang out with you, wake up, hang out with you, take you to get methadone, hang out with you all day, look for Greedo doll, shit like that. So this one day I'm like, you know what, man, you got to stay here in the house. I'm going to go down to the office. Uh, I got to take care of some shit there. Be gone a half an hour. And nobody was there. Jennifer was working at MTV at the time. Um, and Judy, uh, my, my Aunt Judy was cleaning the house. So I was like, Judy's here. If you need anything, Judy's here. But don't fuck around. Don't leave the house. Don't call anybody. And you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to call. I'm going to call fucking nobody. I was like, all right. I'm leaving. I tell Judy, I was like, keep an eye on Muse, would you? Just uh, I have to go down to Red Bank. And she's like, okay. Go to Red Bank. Uh, I get a call from Judy while I'm there. She's like, you might want to come back. I said, why? She's like, mm, something fishy going on. What happened was the moment I left, you called up a dealer, the guy who I guess you usually got your shit from. And you were like, I'm at so-and-so address in Oceanport. Come here, bring me some shit, man, but you got to come to the back door because Kevin's watching me. So meet me in the back. I'll meet you through the backyard gates and shit. We'll do some shit there. <clears throat> Dude doesn't go to the back, comes to the front fucking door, rings the bell. Judy answers the door. She's like, hello. He's like, uh, looking for Muse. And she's like, uh, Muse isn't, he's not here. Cause I told her, don't tell him like, Muse is there. Mm -hmm. Close the door. So I guess you saw the dude from the window and you were like, 
back to back, be urging him around the back and shit. Dude pulls around the back of the property. You go out the back gates and you have no money on you. You're broke. That was the only reason I could leave the house is because I was like, this motherfucker got no loot on him. And I remember telling Judy, if he asks you for money, don't give him any money. And without any money, he can't get any trouble, I said to myself. So there you are going out the back gate to meet your guy. And your guy, and you're doing the acting comes in handy because you're looking at the window to a person that's not there. Like you're insisting to the guy, like Kevin's watching me, so we got to do this quick. And he's like, "Where?" And you're like, "He's there. You just can't see him in the door." Like I'm Norman Bates's mother in the window <laughs> of the psycho house. It's like, "Mills, come inside," you know. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm, he, you're, he's like, "All right, man." And he has shit in his hand, and you have shit in your hand, and he hands you the shit, and you throw your shit at him real quick. And you're like, all right, man, I'll see you later. And you run in the yard. I had a dollar. I had one dollar. <laughs> I had it rolled up and shit. <laughs> How much is that normally? Like, what would you have owed him normally? Uh, it was like 20 bucks. Because one, one is like 10 bucks, and I think I got two or something. Okay, so you throw a buck at him and shit, run into the yard, race into the back of the house, scamper back inside like a little mouse, slam the fucking doors and shit, go up and presumably go feel like you're safe to do your heroin, never once thinking that the dude's like, I, I saw where he went. <laughs> I think I'll just go back to the front door. So the dealer goes back to the front door and rings the bell, and Judy answers again, and he's like, hi, is Jason here? And she's like, no, no, I, I said Jason's not here. And he's like, okay, I know he's here because he just burnt me for a couple bucks in the back. Just tell him that ain't cool and tell him that he owes me. And she's like, all right, but he's not here. He's like, I know he's not here. And he fucking <laughs> leaves and shit like that. So you burnt a dealer at my house where I was living with my soon-to-be wife who was about four months, five months pregnant with my first child and shit like that. Found out about that, and I went absolutely ballistic, put you into hardcore lockdown, nothing. I was like, you know what? We're not even going for fucking methadone. You just take it out of yourself fucking straight. That lasted a day and a half, maybe, maybe half a day, because I was sitting downstairs watching TV. You just came downstairs sweaty, wild-eyed and shit, just pissed off. And I was like, no, I'm not doing anything for you. And you just went over to the wall, and you bashed your head so fucking hard against it and shit three times. You're like, uh, 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 and left a mark. You just went back upstairs. And I was like, I can't believe this is what happened to Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> I don't it was so that. cute when they were leaning outside of Quick Stop. <laughs> this is unimaginable. And Jennifer, who, you know, was new in my life at this point, was just like, I don't get what your deal is. Do you fuck this kid or something? <laughs> Why are you keeping him here? He brought a dealer to your house and you fucking burned him and shit like that. I was like, yeah, he's my friend. I can't, he's just having a spot of trouble. Can't let him fucking go down and whatnot. And that lasted up until. Jennifer had a short-lived stint at MTV. She'd gotten pregnant while she was working there, and then she retired and whatnot. Before she left, she had a Christmas party for, for some of her friends that she had met there. She'd only been at the job for about four, five, six months or something like that. So she invited a bunch of people down to Oceanport uh, for a Christmas party. And you were still at the house, of course, and I was like, you can't come down to the party, dude. Or if you can, just don't be weird around people. Don't go bashing your head against the fucking wall. People, that's not very festive. It's not a Christmas thing to do. <laughs> So like, all right, man, why do I have to sit in the house while all these people are here? And I was like, well, maybe you can go out. You're like, yeah? And I was like, yeah, who could you go out with? Like, I could go out with, I don't know, this one, this one, and one of your friends. And I was like, well, it was one of your friends who was known to be a drug user and shit. And I was just like weighing the certainty against the doubt, the doubt that you might do something against the certainty of my new girlfriend was going to be like, can you get your junkie friend out of the house so we can have a party with non-junkie people? <laughs> 
So off you went and shit. I'm at the party. Um, I don't know, maybe two hours into the party and whatnot. And it's not a huge shindig, like 14, 15, 20 people, something like that. You come home. And I'm like, hey, everybody, it's Jason Mewes. Like, just look at them like stone cold, just look at them and then march away and go right up the staircase. And I was like, hey, that was uh, Jay, you know, to Silent Bob. As you can see in real life, we switch roles anyway, you know. <laughs> and Jennifer's looking at me with those eyes and I look at her back with those eyes and is communicating, you handle this. I'm going to go upstairs and deal with Junior. And I go upstairs and the bathroom door is locked. And I, I'm like creeping up to the door and I'm listening. No signs of nothing. No signs of anything. Not even somebody sitting there shitting, somebody pissing, somebody smoking. Nothing. Dead quiet. So I get close to the door and then I take a page out of your crazy book and lay down on the floor by the door. <laughs> and I'm looking under the door and I'm just laying there fucking quietly listening. And inside there is no movement. There's a suspicion, a suspicious amount of non-movement. Jennifer comes upstairs and I hear her behind me and I turn and I'm just like, shh, 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 <laughs> making the same fucking crazy face to her that you made to me fucking when you were like trying to find Stephanie's lover under your bed. And so um, I was just like, uh, I, she's going, giving me the puzzled look. And I was like, and I'm pointing to the door and she just rolls her eyes because she knows what it is. So I stay out there laying on the floor. And this is before the days of like the laptop where you can be doing something else with the cell phone or the iPad. It's literally just me laying on the floor waiting for you to come out of the bathroom so I could fucking be like, aha! And you, meanwhile, are on the other side of the door going, I think he's outside the door. <laughs> I really, I remember this. So I'm on one side of the door not moving. You're on the other side of the door not moving. And it's a stalemate detente <laughs> for a good hour and change. And then finally, you give up. Like, you broke before me. I heard you flush the toilet. And I was like, I knew it. Because I was like, there's no way he's out there. I'm hallucinating. I'm just too fucked up on coke and I'm hallucinating he's there. He's not there. And you he's open the there. door and I'm like on the floor looking up at you. I know. <laughs> and you're like, am I high? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> poking me in the face and shit. Is that you moves? And I'm like, yeah, it's me. And so I'm like, I get up. You're like, hey. And you're all sweaty and shit oh, like that. Yeah. And I was like, hey, what were you doing? And you're like, nothing. I wasn't doing nothing. You try to go past me to a room. I'm like, uh-uh. What were you doing in there? And you're like, nothing. I don't have anything. And I was like, what were you doing in there? And you're like, nothing. I don't have anything. You check me. I don't have anything. And I was like, don't fucking lie, dude. What were you doing? And you're like, I didn't fucking have it. This went on for 10 yeah. fucking minutes and shit back and forth. And then finally I go inside. And I don't even know what I'm looking for. I don't like all I know at this point is I'm like, all right, heroin. I will look for a needle or something like that. I'd only ever seen heroin once the first time when I was just like, come move into the apartment with me in, in, in Red Bank. Um, and, and you'll get clean. We'll move out of your mom's and we'll get you totally clean. We'll take you to, to, uh, to the methadone clinic. And you were like, okay, that's tomorrow. But right now I'm fucking fiending and shit. And I'm going to start getting sick and throwing up tonight. And I was like, what do you want me to do? And you're like, I just, all I need is one hit to get me through the night. And I was like, you want me to buy you fucking heroin, dude? That's like, that's, that's like asking me to buy an exercise program. It's just like, <laughs> it's against who I am and what I stand for. And you were like, I know it just be this one time. And I was the only time I knowingly gave you money to go get fucking drugs. And you went and scored it and you were so happy. 
like so elated because you I was involved in some way. <laughs> you know, like for once you didn't have to hide it and shit like that. And you're like, this would be awesome if you were like this all the time. And I was like, what do you mean? You're like, you know, just never mind. And I was like, what, letting you get heroin all the time? And you're like, yeah, I guess it's a stupid thought. And um, I was like, what do you do? What do you do with it? You might as well show me. And it was a little weird paper envelope and like shit. Yeah, I was picking up, looking at it. It was all cruddy and brown. It just looked fucking horrible and shit. And you weren't shooting at that point. You just snorted it and whatnot. So you were just like, you just take it. And you snorted it up and you're like, all right, yeah, I'm ready to go to rehab. It's time. It's time to, you know, <laughs> fucking out cold and shit like that. Um, so uh, at this point, I'm like, uh, what, uh, why don't you tell me the truth? Because I don't even know what I'm looking for in there. And you're just like, I'm not doing anything. And I go in, I'm looking through all the cabinets. And then I find tinfoil. And I'm like, this is, this have vague memories of a drug thing from like that movie Rush involving tinfoil and shit. So I'm like, uh oh, this might be it. And I bring the tinfoil out. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And you're just like, what the, f what? And I was like, it's fucking tinfoil. And you're like, it's from a ring ding! And it was a huge piece of tinfoil. <laughs> It, w it would have been for like a massive ring ding that didn't exist and shit like that. And I was like, there's burn marks on What the fuck are you doing in my fucking bathroom? I said, there's a party going on downstairs. I got this chick who's fucking pregnant. What are you doing? You're like, I'm not fucking doing anything. Stop fucking spying on me. I was like, get the fuck out of my house. I can't deal with this anymore. Get the fuck out. Sent you back to your moms and shit. That lasted for a few days. And then you were just like, can I come back? And I couldn't leave you at your mom's. Because when you were at your mom's, it was just a ticket to get worse and worse and worse. So even though I booed you out, I was like, fucking all right, man, come back, come back. Came back. And at that point, you were looking really fucking bad, and you couldn't commit. I mean, you would say, like, I'd do it, I'd do it. And I'd, you had to be watched 24-7, but you wouldn't make the jump and shit like that. And I was like, I need something that's going to push him over the edge, like something like a huge fucking carrot on a stick that's going to fucking make him clean up and shit. And so I was just like, look, man. You're killing yourself. I'll tell you right now, if you get off this fucking stupid heroin shit, start cleaning up, I'll make a movie that's just Jay and Silent Bob. And you were like, yeah? And I was like, yes. And you'll be the lead, and you'll make so much fucking money and shit. It'll set you up for fucking life. So can you do that? Can you get clean for that? And you were like, yeah, 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 totally. I'll do that. That's why I started writing Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back in Oceanport. So months later, uh, as we talked about last week, uh, is where we found you in the hotel having heroin FedEx to you and whatnot. And at that point, that's when we were like, we're going to send you um, to this rehab. And that was promises. Promises you did for a couple months. And then yeah. after they, at a certain point, I think it's two, three months, they, they don't want you in the main facility anymore. Not that they don't want you. Like, get the fuck out. But they're just like, you know, make room for new people. You're, you can go back into the world. And they put you into the kind of halfway house thing. Yeah, it was sweet. It was amazingly sweet. Like Jen was. It was like, actually nice. It was right up there on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right on the water and shit. Like with you know the huge pylons sticking in the water, whatever they're fucking called, elevated house on stilts. So the water is going under the fucking house. And me and Jen went to visit you there, and it, you know she, you were like, "This is my room," and your room had like a cool window, and you can just hear the water under the house all the time. Beautiful views, no matter where you look, on the patios and shit. And, and fucking Jennifer was was just like, I I can't handle it. Can you give me a thousand dollars? And I was like, Why? She's like, I'm gonna go out and score some crack and become an addict now. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna start doing a lot of drugs because this is what happens when you do drugs. You get to live in Malibu on the water. I was like, He doesn't own it. He's just. She was uh really like just taken by the place and. 
in a big bad way. And it, 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 it was great rehab and it worked for a little while, but the rehab that you relapsed after that, you know, you're months later or whatever. It wasn't until the rehab in Jersey where you had decided to kind of go back and clean up your shit, you know, after you were kind of booted out of the house. This is a during Jersey girl and the post on Jersey girl. So you went to that rehab, uh, you, you went back to deal with some legal issues. That's where you went to court. You got a, we found yeah. the, the lawyer Marty Arbus from, from Red Bank yeah. represented you. Really good guy and stuff who was actually looking out for your best interests. Yeah, my and, buddy Matty drove me back. We had to drive back because we had no ID. I didn't have an idea. Sorry, I didn't have ID to fly back. Right. And then I was like, this, I was like, I just want to go back to Jersey, turn myself in and maybe, that will that will help me because they're going to either put me in rehab or jail or something. So we had to make it there, and it took us like three months. Three months to it, drive across Matt, the country? Yeah, my buddy Matty drove. He's like, look, I got some money saved up. Jump in the car. We'll drive there. So we're like, well, first we're going to stop. Did you drive and, off the beach in Santa Monica and drive around the world to go to New York from the <laughs> other side? Why the fuck did no, it take three months? We, because we, <laughs> we, we were like, we, we were on a steamer ship, man. We stopped at like Salt Lake City. I forgot the way we went, but we stopped in this one city. It was there like we went out to a bar. We're like, oh, we got to stop driving. We went to a bar, met some people, excuse me, like hung out, wind up like staying up all night. And then slept the next day all day and then left like two days later, mm -hmm. drove to like, uh, we got to, uh, I wish I could remember it all, but we got to Tennessee and we wound up staying there like five weeks. Uh, our other buddy wound up flying out and meeting us in Tennessee and we were hanging out with these girls and doing drugs and it was crazy and ridiculous. And what made you want to go back though to the East Coast? Like you couldn't go to Jersey so much so that we wanted you to be in Jersey Girl uh, to play the role of the, uh, first I wanted you to play the role of Arthur, the role that Jason Biggs played in the movie. Um, we wanted you to first have long hair in the beginning, and then like years later, when we caught up to you, it was gonna be the first time we were gonna cut your hair short. Like to show some years had passed and you were a more respectable fucking person in the business or some such shit in the, within the movie. So that role was put aside for you and whatnot. You were still kind of doing drugs and, 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 you know, Mosher's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, you know what? If he can get himself to Jersey and whatnot, I mean, I, I can work with him. He needs the fucking work, dude. So you were all set to come until we realized, or until you realized, that the moment you stepped foot in New Jersey, you were going to be arrested. There was a bench warrant out for your yeah. arrest. So we couldn't even bring you out to shoot in the flick because you would have been fucking arrested. So I was like, I'm sorry, you kind of can't come out on this one and whatnot. Why? What made you want to go to New Jersey to, to face the music all of a sudden? What pushed you to that edge? Well, I, because I was at this point, I was in Huntington Beach and I was living with another girl. Uh -huh. And we, it got, that's, that's, uh, what the Heather. Remember we used to come with the ding dongs and stuff and yeah, yeah, fight yeah. over carrot cake. It was really sad. Yeah, there was like, he came <laughs> to visit me when we were in the Jersey Girl, in post on Jersey Girl at the lot oh over on like, uh, I think it's like Poinsettia and Santa Monica Boulevard or something like that. And he came to visit me with this chick. Who's sitting in the car? I think I talked about like before Thanksgiving, he came over yeah. and whatnot. Um, he's sitting on the steps. I wouldn't even let him in the editing room at that point. So we're sitting on the steps talking and he pulls out this little, like a banana cake, frosted banana cake and he starts eating it and out of nowhere. The skinniest, junkiest fucking broad I ever seen, like explodes <laughs> out the fucking car, rockets over to us, 
smacks the fucking cake out of his hand, and she's like, half of that is mine! <laughs> yes. She picked it up and fucking ran back to the car. <laughs> and I was like, Muse is dating a Morlock. <laughs> and then I remember I asked you, I was like, yo, can I see some footage from Jersey Girl? And you were like, no. And I remember that was heartbreaking for me. I was like, oh my gosh, it's it's done. <laughs> I'm fighting over carrot cake and I can't see even a piece of the You would movie. have your sweet revenge a few months later where nobody else wanted to see Jersey Girl either. <laughs> I was like, ha ha! <laughs> After that, I really went, I was traveling the world. It took three months because I was like, don't see Jersey Girl. Don't see Jersey Girl. Don't see Jersey Girl. Don't see Jersey Girl. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> That's really why it took three months. <laughs> yeah, it was, we were in campaign of hate around the world, and people were like I thought he was Jay to the Silent Bob. Well, he hates the Silent Bob now. He calls him Silent Bob. He don't go see Jersey Girl. Um, you uh, what made you finally go back? What what was it? So we were in that girl. We were living in Huntington Beach, yes. and it just got worse and worse. We had no, we were living, uh, you know, we didn't pay the rent. We were going to get kicked out and we, uh, we lost, the electric got shut off and the power. <laughs> you could never finish candles. a piece of banana cake without her smacking no. out of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, we were fight because it again, it was sex. It would be like, all right, we, we got, we were able to get 20 bucks. So we're going to buy, you know, $10. We'll get ten dollars worth of dope and five dollars for gas to get there, and we'll buy two coffee cakes for ninety nine cents each and some milk or whatever. And then I'd eat all mine, and then I'd like, I'd steal hers, and she'd be like, "That's mine." It's sad. So we were like in this apartment. It was like door. It was getting close to Christmas, and I remember we had like no tree or anything. We had candles, and that's when I had felt I fell asleep. Her and I both fell asleep. We nodded out, and all of a sudden I like woke up, and the couch was on fire. Like we were, there was like, we were surrounded in flames and I was like, whoa, and I ran, but I couldn't even get to the kitchen because it was dark and there was syringes all over the ground. So I was like, ow, 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 and it burned down so low that the couch got on fire and her and I were like nodded out on each other. And then we woke up and the whole arm of the couch was on fire. And then like it was coming like closer to us. It was pretty crazy. And I had, but it was dark. There was no lights besides the candle, which blew out. So, <laughs> and, and the then couch this was candle, on fire this, as well. That provided yeah. some light, I'd imagine. Well, in that area, but I didn't want to look. I was like, don't look at the light. <laughs> if but we I, ignore the fire, it'll go away. <laughs> I gra- Heather was so thin, I grabbed her, started fucking putting the fire out with her. <laughs> like a blanket. <laughs> She's like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. <laughs> no, and then I went and got a pot of water, I put it out. So anyway, it was at that point, so then I went to this like five day detox. Maddie came out. Maddie B. Maddie B came out and was Good staying. Maddie B, who who uh, really stood by you at that point, because I yes. was fucking done. And this was a dude that you met where in um, Rhode Island or something. Yeah, I met him. I met him through my buddy Jack. Who uh-huh. Jack was my roommate in in uh, the Malibu house. Uh-huh. So Matt knew him. Uh, Jack is friends with him from Fish Tour. Anyway, so then I met Maddie, and then uh, 
Yeah, Maddie stuck with me. He came out to Huntington, stayed there a couple of days. And then uh, that's for those five days while I was in the in other the- place. I came back to the house. And at this point, we were locked out. So then this kid, Dennis, we had met who worked at the 7-Eleven down the street. Right. was like, you could stay at my house for a couple of days. So me, Maddie, and Heather were staying at Dennis's house. And I don't know, I woke Wait, up. Like, you were staying at the house of a convenience store clerk? Yes, yes. That's kind of funny. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Dennis is... You uh, know that dude was out there in the world going, you know who's living on my couch? The dude who stands in front of convenience stores. <laughs> well, the first the first day I met him, we went in the 7-Eleven and we're like, fuck, man, we need food. We have no money. And I was like, keep him busy. And he's like, yo, Braz. Like, he's like real... This dude Dennis. Holly Shore works at a convenience store. Pretty much, it was like it was like that style. And he's like, "Dude, you want to smoke some weed?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, hold on." And she started talking to him, and like, was so I went over and so I used to eat a lot of those uh, cereal bars, uh-huh. like Kellogg cereal bars, and and um, different little things that like carrot cakes, and I would stuff them in my pants. Right. All portable I had to food. Make all food that- to that Seven Eleven. Matter of fact. Really? No. So wait, you're robbing the place, and he became your friend. Well, he's, yes, he, 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 he sort of didn't know. We, we got a couple things and then we were chatting with him because we were chatting with him. He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You want to smoke? And she liked to smoke. And at the time I didn't really at Heather. So she, he came by after anyway. So he let us stay at his house for like two, three days. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up and I wanted to go get high again already after I just went to detox. After you went to the detox and yeah. I was like, man, I just don't know what to do. And I was like, I have no money. And Heather had left and went out. So it was just me and Maddie. And I was like, Maddie's like, look, dude, he goes, I have like two grand right now. He's like, you want to jump in the car? Let's go to Jersey. Turn yourself in mm. and just deal with it. I can get you there. And, uh, so I was like, why not? Sorry. We, I literally jumped, we jumped in the car right there. I swear the moment I didn't even tell Heather. I called her like two days later. To and be I like, was, I left. Yeah, I left. Cause, cause her parents lived there. So she could go there back at any time, but right. she didn't want to cause she was with me and she was at. So I knew she'd just be, she'd be fine going to her parents and be You didn't safe. leave her a note or anything with like half a piece of banana cake or. <laughs> I was like, eat this. I'm out of here. Um, no, I don't, I didn't. I just called her. I really was like, it was just one of those moments where I just was like, this is like, we lost our place and it, everything was crazy. I had would no you money. say that was your rock bottom per se? I would, yeah, it was definitely, that was, that was. Why the, that the, of all things? Well, because I technically was homeless at that point. We just, like, we had no apartment. Right. No one was, ta- I wasn't talking to anyone, but like no one would talk to me except for Maddie B and her and uh, this dude Dennis, which Dennis still lived at home with his mother and he's like 38 or something at the time. He's, but yeah, he lived at home still and he was letting us stay there. So technically I was homeless at that point. You know, I wasn't, you know, on the you street. You told but- me about like being chased by the cops at one point around the same time because you were like living on the streets. You told me later on. Like you were walking somewhere and you saw a cop car and you got real fucking paranoid and they kind of like they made a move. Me. Yeah. Did they really chase you? They, they chased me. I was walking. I went to go around the crosswalk and then I saw them. So I turned around and went back, which was stupid. And then I started walking away from them and I heard them pull up behind me mm. and open the door and they're like, hello. Okay, buddy, come here. Come here. So I look at the, my peripherals and I see the cops walking towards me. So I just start booking and they jump in the car and they start coming after me. But there's a fence, so I jumped a fence, 
But the so, and I thought the dude so was so weird. Turn. Like I'm editing a movie somewhere else in Los Angeles. You were living Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, I did. I like jumped the fence and the and it went. The yard went all the way through to the up to the other side of the block. Mm-hmm. Like I could see the other side. They were like, so I was gonna run through and go jump over the other side, and they knew that. So they the dude jumped back in the car instead of hopping the fence because he was lazy, and they went around. Luckily, he did that because if he stayed there, I'd have been fucked. But they both jumped back in the car and went around the block to get me on the other side. So I turned around and ran back the way I came because I heard him go, screech out. And then I hopped the fence, ran across the street, ran through some yards, and I ran to this dude's house I know. And I'm like banging on the door. And I'm like, I'm being chased. I'm being chased. <laughs> and a scumbag I am. I like, I'm like, he's sober. I know him from, I had met him uh, in the, in the, one of the meetings. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I'm being chased. He's like, dude, man, come on. You're going to bring this to me. I was like, they didn't see me. Can I just hang out for like an hour till I could figure out something? He's like, sure. So of course I go into his bathroom uh-huh. and I have a little, I have some dope on me and I want to get rid of it. Right. And I have a syringe because I had thrown, I had all the shit on me. I had like Coke and, syringe a crack pipe is that why you ran from yeah yeah because i had all the shit on me not to mention i had the warrant in, in jersey so and you were worried if they like stopped you there they could find out about the warrant in jersey and they be, definitely would they, they would call have? my name yeah so not only would i don't know what they would have done with that i don't think they'd extradite because it wasn't like a he like that but, but i already had too much shit on me so i threw most of it away but i wanted to keep the dope in the syringe mm. so i'm like oh cool thanks i was like how's your bathroom so the SLM, this dude's like giving me a place to sanctuary like, hide out. and shit. Yeah. And I go in his bathroom and he's sober and I'm like trying to shoot dope. Oh, so he's but, living sober. He's not just like, oh, I don't do drugs. No, he's, he's in the like, program. He's like right. in the program, sober dude. I had met him there and I went in his bathroom and, uh, and I had a little bit of dope, but I wanted to get rid of the syringe and the dope. So if I went back out, like if the cops did like circling and found me, that I wouldn't have anything on me, but I didn't want to throw that shit away without doing it. Right. And that was a time where I went to, because I was running, the tip got like wiggled back and forth and was real weak. So when I went to put it. The tip of the needle? Tip of the needle, a little metal part. So when I went to put it in my arm, it broke. So I'm like, fucking my syringe was already filled with all the it good stuff. It broke in your arm? No, you... no, no. But like it didn't even get, I didn't get a chance. So you so went I... to fucking put it in your, in your skin and it broke and you were like, I'm Superman. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> so I grabbed my kryptonite fucking razor blade, and I was like, <laughs> so the only way Superman can shoot heroin is with a kryptonite fucking syringe. That kind of thing. Um, so it broke, but it was full, and I didn't want to waste that. So what do you do? So you shoot I, it in your mouth? Well, you could, but I heard that if you boof it, you shoot in the open membrane, and your hole it go it hits you just as fast. You shot a broken syringe so of yeah, heroin into like your ass. I took the syringe and I stuck it in my ass, and I was like. <laughs> Uh, it was so fucking good. Wait a second. No, <laughs> I don't know what I like better, the fucking syringe in my hole or the fucking dope. No, I'm just kidding. What did you, you didn't have to puncture skin, you just shot it into your ass? Didn't it leak yeah. right out and shit? Dude, I fucking tighten up that hole and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, ah, sphincter control. <laughs> Hold on to that drug. No, I fucking went like this quickly. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> so I fucking dripped out. Doing a headstand? And yeah, I was like, headstand. And should I open up the bathroom? I walked in the living room on my hands and my buddy. I was like, what's up, dude? <laughs> like, Can you wheelbarrow me around the house? I got to make sure this heroin gets in my system. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I did that, and uh, you have a history of doing unsavory 
little things like that where you're just my like, thing. My oh. uh, what I mean, my my like, yeah, I have no judgment. I don't really care when it when I'm fucked up. It's bad and it sucks. I I mean, it's I'm not saying it's a, it was no good. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, but the rehab, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but the re the the rehab that you wound up going to the one that when Maddie B traveled cross country with you and got you into uh back to Jersey to deal with the court and whatnot. Marty Arbus came, became your lawyer. Yeah. Um, he got the sentence reduced to basically the judge was just like, you have a choice. You go to jail for what was six months or something like that or, or two months and rehab or rehab for six months. Yes. Um, but it was whatever jail was, it was the shorter time, but it was jail. Yeah. It was still jail. Yeah. Uh, and the other one was rehab. And, and I remember you were like, I really had to think about it. You chose rehab. They put you in that rehab in Marlboro. That's why I went out to see you, and the chick was like, maybe this is your fault, Silent Bob. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, I went back to Los Angeles. Uh, I guess uh, this was all right. I would come back east in another month or something because my father wound up dying. Um, and you were still in that rehab in Marlboro. So I was going back for the funeral. So I called them. I was talking to you. I was allowed to talk to you on the phone and whatnot. And I said, uh, hey, man, do you want to go to my dad's funeral? And you're like, you know, even if I didn't like your dad, I would just love to get out of here for a day. But I would love to go, you know, the funeral, respect, blah, blah, blah. So I asked the people at the rehab, and they were just like, no, he can't be going to anything like that. And I was like, it's my father's funeral. He's only going to die once, you know. And they were just like, I'm sorry, he's can't. He's not allowed to leave. You ran into some problems there because eventually, like, I remember you sent me a letter where you were saying, like, they were giving you some rough treatment and shit and yeah. calling you, like, rich boy and whatnot, and, and which was really ironic because you're like, hey, man, I couldn't even eat a whole banana cake. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was fighting slapped. an 80-pound girl for carrot cake. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess they, they, they were, like, treating you like you were, like, hey, movie star and shit like that. They start some shit with you or whatever? Well, it was just, yeah, it was sort of like... A lot of them were drug court, which is like they're to get out of being in jail. They go to rehab and they have to stay there and stuff. And then there was a couple of people who knew, like a lot of people, they made me cut. That's where they cut my hair off. That cut that's your hair. Right there? They, yeah, they cut my hair. That was part of the thing. Is like you got to take your earrings out. And you had to shave every day, and it's like you're becoming a new person. So they made me put my cut my hair, and I could only have it to here. We pissed. So, we were like, "Hey, well, man, I was bummed. Like I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go to that um, one." But the, the 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 judge was like, "You have to go to this place right here." Right. And that place was, you know, the, I had to go to that one. They're like, "You have to cut your hair, otherwise you can't come here." Marty uh, Arbus, the lawyer, uh, stayed in touch with me and whatnot, and he would check in with me all the time. <laughs> update me about your progress and he called me um one day i guess maybe two weeks after my my father's funeral and i was back in los angeles and he was just like uh i think we might have a problem and i was like what do you mean and he was just like muse just escaped from rehab <laughs> and i was like you're fucking kidding me and he's like no 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 he's gone but good news is this he came right here and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's, he's here now. I said, let me talk to that motherfucker. He's like, no, 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 no. He's going, trust me. He's all good. He came he immediately to the urine. He did the right thing. He's like, just don't yell at him. You know, you can talk to him here and let me talk to you. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're like, I just can't do it anymore, dude. They were just like fucking all up in my shit, like making me do things. Like, it just didn't seem right. It felt I was getting harsher treatment than everybody else. I don't care. I'll go to rehab, but it's just, I was getting singled out there and I don't want to go back there and blah, blah, blah. 
So I talked to Marty and I was like, what's going to happen? If he bolts out of fucking rehab, won't they just put him in jail? And he's like, I'm going to talk to the judge right now, bring Muse in with the urines and talk about blah, 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 that he's on the up and up. See, the judge will show him some leniency. And the judge did. The judge just let you go into another rehab in Keyport because it was within 24 hours and you hadn't touched anything. And, and I remember I was thinking, wow, there's some signs of hope because you had been in uh, you've been out rather in the world and rather than the first thing you thought of was like, okay, here's my chance to get high before they fucking toss me back in. You were just like, I'm going to find the lawyer and I'm going to tell him that like I'm clean and make sure he gets me into another rehab. So, I mean, you did the wrong thing by bolting, but you did the right thing. And as much as you got out of the place where clearly the facility <clears throat> wasn't working out for you and he put you into a better one, that rehab in Keyport was the one that took like really fucking took. Why was that? You know, they had groups and stuff, but they also, after about um, two months, you could go out and try to, like, find jobs, go to out, outside meetings and all that. So I got to go out and meet different people and have meetings. And, and we got you, well, sponsor, we got so. you a job. We put you to work at the office. You went yeah. back to the office, didn't you? You were oh, working for Johnson. I mean, I didn't have a job. I was fucking running that place, dude. Were you? Johnson was running <laughs> the website at that point out of the office, and he was just like, yeah, we'll bring him here. He can work here and whatnot. And, Everybody was very leery because you had been far gone at this point. Yeah. But you were, and I'd seen you at the rehab oh, yeah. and you were doing much better and you were healthier and you seemed to be in the right frame of mind and whatnot. So it was tough convincing other people to be like, no, no, I think this one's going to work because you'd been to rehab at this point like five times, six times maybe. And you had bolted from the other one. So they were just like, I don't know. And I was like, no, I think he's, he's actually going to fucking come through on this one. Um, but it took some convincing, particularly with the wife where I was just like, we're going to need to bring Muse um, in to live with us. And she was just like, not again. Like, I can't go through that shit again. I can't fucking deal with that. I was like, no, no. He's completely, he's doing much, much better at this point. So we let you come in. You lived in the guest room downstairs. And it, it was like night and day, 180 degrees. He was so happy to be there. It was all about family-oriented stuff, just being in the house, having dinner, being around the kid or whatever. And, and it, you know, it, you had accountability since you were in the house. The other thing that you didn't want to do, though, was just sit around like a prisoner. You were like, look, I'm clean. I have no interest in doing drugs or drinking, but I want to go out. I want to be able to go out and enjoy. I'm living here in Los Angeles. Like Now like this shit's out of my system. I just want to be around people and whatnot. So you started hanging out with Matty B. had come come back with you. So Matty B. was out here. You were hanging out with Jack Osborne um, and Mike McGinnis and Milo. Uh, and you called yourselves Project Falcon. Like you, you nicknamed your gang, which, which I was always really kind of insulted by because I was just like, we have had a gang of two for years and we never came up with a nickname. Like we have a nickname in movies, but it's not a nickname. It's our character names, but it was never like we'd been hanging out for years and I was ever like, never like from now on, we're going to be called fat man and little boy, you know, or we could come up with one right now. No, there's, that time has passed. Come on. We can come up with it. No, I wanted to be in a gang back in the day and shit. <laughs> But you hung out with those cats uh, all the time and whatnot, and you were with me living uh, at my place for about six months, I think. And uh, every night you would go out with them, you'd go to clubs and whatnot, and you would drink Red Bull. That's where you started drinking Red Bull energy drinks like fucking crazy. To the point where I was just like, Red Bull has no idea how to market this. Their commercials were like, Red Bull, it gives you wings. And I was like, no, man, change the commercial to fucking Red Bull. This is what you drink when you get off heroin. Because... <laughs> You were buying tons and fucking tons. There was Red Bull everywhere. It was like regular Red Bull, sugar-free Red Bull, Red Bull in big cans, Red Bull in little cans, Red Bull in anal suppositories. It was just... 
so much fucking Red Bull. And I guess one of your friends knew someone at Red Bull and he got a little Red Bull fridge and free Red Bull was coming in. So suddenly, like, there was Red Bull everywhere. And I remember going, like, I gotta try it. Can I have a sip? And you gave me a sip and I nearly vomited. It tasted like piss with a lot of energy in it. Like, <laughs> piss with a battery in it. You know, to me, I'm sure it tastes good to others and shit. But I was like, how can you do this? And I had only taken a sip. And already my fat overtaxed tart was like, boom, 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 boom. I was like, let's do something. We should accomplish. And then it quickly passed. I was like, oh my God, that shit's potent. And you were drinking like eight cans. Like in an hour, you'd sit there, pound them and shit. What are you talking about, dude? I know. And now you're, now, <laughs> but, um, so you were, you were there and, uh, hanging out in bars and drinking, uh, a lot of Red Bull and whatnot. Every morning, every night you'd come home. I was usually awake. And I'd lay eyes on you to make sure that you were fucking not fucked up or anything like that. And then in the morning, I'd get up and you'd come down to the library and we'd sit outside, smoke cigarettes and talk about the night before. And I always had a litany of questions. How you doing? How you feeling? Did you do any drugs? Were you tempted to do drugs? Did somebody offer you drugs and all this stuff? You suck cock. Did you, did you, yeah. did you suck cock did for you drugs? Someone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> how good were you at sucking that cock for drugs? <laughs> Show me how you suck yeah. the cock. I'm going to close my eyes. You tell me how you suck the cock good for drugs. I'm going to play the sexy music. Hold on. Yeah. Um, and you would sit there and just, you know, tell me like, no, no, man. I just like going out to the clubs and shit, hanging out with people and watching people act the fool. And I was like, what do you mean? You're like, I don't know. When people go out drinking, they're fucking stupid. He's going, now that I'm sober, I get to watch people be drunk and it's pretty funny. And I was like, right on. So you started hanging out with them fairly regularly and whatnot, single dudes, all, all of you is on the make and, and, and pretty girls everywhere, I guess, for a man without fucking junk in a system. And then one day, like a grown up, you came to me and you were like, moves, I think I'm ready to move out. And I was like, really? Where are you going to move? And you're like, I'm going to move in with, with the boys and shit. And I was like, really? Project Falcon? The f and then the place was the Falcon's Nest. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, it was so corny. <laughs> he did. He came home one day and he was just like, we got a place on Fairfax. I was like, get out of here. What's it like? He's like, it's nice. Got rooms in it and shit. I was like, most houses do. Uh, but he's like, it's pretty sweet. Like, everyone's got their own place. We're calling it the Falcon's Nest. And I didn't want to tell you, like, dude, that's so geeky. That, like, I was like, whatever. It's keeping him off heroin. I was like, as long as he could call it the Cocksucker Palace. <laughs> as far as long as it kept him away from fucking dope and whatnot. Um, and then, uh, into, I guess somewhere around that period is when you met Jordan, it would be, right? Somewhere sort of after that, after you were living. So after after Fairfax, I went to because that uh, was two thousand four, two thousand five, neck of the woods. I went to Bron I think I went to Bronson right after that. Yeah, so it was, it was after that. We were there about a year, and then I moved into Bronson, um, and then it was soon after that. Yeah, and um, Jordan would become insanely instrumental. Uh, shit, years later on, uh, in probably saving your fucking life because it was Jordan who got, got to call me up right before we shot Cop Out. To say that um, you had completely fucking relapsed, fallen off the wagon, which is something we'll talk about on the next edition of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Thanks for coming out tonight, everybody. Sweet. Sweet, sweet. Modco Internet Television blast your eyelids with videos aplenty.
Get a daily dose of pop culture awesome sauce. Commentary, cartoons, comics, comedy, old shit, new shit, everything you need to view are askew. Tired of watching a bunch of fucking cat videos? Me too, broski. YouTube.com slash csmod. Smodco Internet Television. Sit happens.